This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is County Manager, Sedgwick County Manager, Tom Stoltz. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good. Welcome to Issues 2022. And let's begin with, with the annual budget, which is going to be finalized uh, in August. Uh, how much is the county going to spend, and how does that compare with last year and the year before? Well, um, the county budget primarily is based on a property tax model. So our budget this year, uh, the numbers I presented yesterday in the recommended budget total are at $521 million. Now, that's a little north of $497 million in the Sedgwick County budget and $23 million in the fire district budget. So those are two separate budgets. Uh, this is more than last year because valuations of properties went up so much more uh, because of the economy of the of the country right now. Uh, so these numbers go up. Th- these are maximum numbers that we present to the commission. We don't have to spend all this. The commission now spends the next month chewing on the budget and looking at all the priorities and the and and the the challenges that we have, and then they make a final decision on what we're going to spend. Uh, and then you have to remember, in a county budget, too, all this half of billion dollars, basically, is $521 million, uh, is not necessarily all county, Cedric County property tax. We get a lot of state grant. The, the, county, uh, the counties around the state are uh, recipients of state monies and federal monies that flow in to help us do programs such as aging and mental health and all the corrections, all the programs that the county is responsible for running. Uh, so only a fraction of the, of the budget presented is actually local taxpayer property tax money. So it's, the, the county budget's a little bit more challenging to fathom than some of the municipal budgets are because we have so much external money coming in. Right. right. So. And then, uh, do you have a capital improvement budget? And is that we separate do. or is that included in the big picture there? Well, it's, it's included in the big picture, but when we present it and we adopt it, and the commission sometimes will choose to separate out the capital improvement budget uh, from the general budget, and sometimes they'll vote it together. But it will, in our presentation, it will. There's a clear, distinct line between um, the, the CIP budget and the general budget. So let's talk a little bit about <laughs> this inflation. We're seeing, you know, nine percent inflation. Uh, unprecedented going back to 1981. Uh, what what impact is that having, uh, if any, on on the revenue that's coming in? Well, you know, um, I'm old enough, and I think you are too, Steve. We remember the late 70s, early 80s when we went through this last time, um, and it's it's it feels it's deja vu all over again. Uh, it, it, just the the jolt that it creates on a system uh, where the it's, and it's. More than just cost now, there, that's clearly inflation is a problem. It's, it's driving up prices, driving up wages. Um, and then there's also, which I don't remember from the 70s, uh, supply chain issues that are, I think, unprecedented to where we're having trouble receiving commodity and service, um, even despite the high prices even if you're willing to pay those high prices, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the services. So that's another phenomena that we're having to deal with. But it jolts the system. Uh, we run fire trucks and ambulances and police cars like any other uh, government. And when gas goes, uh, you know, basically doubles in price in a year, we have to 
that's an impact uh, where standard commodities and lumber and uh, labor continue to escalate. It, it clearly jolts uh, a budget, and that's part of the challenge um, that we're facing in this budget. We, we, we've talked about it during budget hearings. We'll continue to talk about it, and it's, it's, it's what drives the there's two, three major goals for the county budget in 2023, and it drives two of them, uh, and that is our compensation and wages and our environmental working conditions. So it's it's very challenging. So what I'm looking at, how do you factor in uh, inflation for the year ahead when you really don't know what's going to yeah. happen? Uh, do you... you know, we end up um, placing monies into contingency buckets within the budget because you're exactly right. We don't know what's going to happen. And I'll use employee wages, for example. Uh, in, the, in the county budget for 2023, we're recommending um, 8%, which is for government, uh, highest I've ever seen, uh, and that's in, uh, in government since 1982. Um, but we don't know if that's even enough because we don't know what's going to happen with the economy. So we're going to put into, uh, in this recommended budget, we're suggesting that the commission put in uh, a certain percentage of contingency that would get us three, four, five million dollars next year if we, if we need that kind of contingency. Uh, we did the same strategy. We're recommending in this budget the same strategy for mental health. We, we don't know what the future is going to be, so we have allocated a million dollars of contingency for mental health doesn't it doesn't mean that the commission has to spend that but it's there with authority uh, if they if the whatever the economy whatever the situation is demands that they do so that's that's the strategy when you move forward is you just um you you try to build contingencies because it's such an unknown period of what's going to happen and if inflation settles down you know then the commission doesn't necessarily have to spend that contingency uh but if not it's there What's the impact, uh, do you think, on this budget when it comes to local taxpayers? I presume property tax is what we're talking about here. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and, and it's always our goal. We, we've run flat budget in the county uh, for the 10 years I've been here. Um, and I think the goal is we always just try to run flat budget to, and try to maintain core services, uh, doing the best we can. What happens, though, as homeowners, uh, and we all feel it, when the valuations go up, when our homes go from uh, a value of 250000 to a $300,000 value in a year, in one year uh, or more, then that drives our, even though the mill levy is not going up, that drives our valuation up. We end up paying more out of our pocket. And the pr- concept there is our houses are worth more, so our taxes uh, go up or, or, or what we're paying into the, to the fund goes up. So we try to, we're very cognizant of that. We try to um, be very austere in our budget. And I think that one of the things, you know, we should maybe talk about sometime is, you know, future of government, uh, the role of government. And we're so lean on the county side already. We're trying to maintain core services and keep staff and provide uh, services to the community that they have been accustomed to. Uh, there may come a time in the future where we're going to have to, if we want to keep the taxes as low as possible, we may have to even cut into some core services, and um, citizens just would expect less services. Now, that, that clearly needs to be debated publicly. There needs to be public involvement in that. But I think that's potentially the future uh, for, for government. We, or we have to figure out a way uh, between 
the city of Wichita and Derby and, uh, you know, the 20 cities of Sedgwick County, how we can do a business and provide services better and more efficiently through sharing of uh, services or merging of services or consolidation of services. We're going to have to figure out a better way because um, just this year, it's just very challenging uh, for us to keep staff right now because uh, private companies and even other governments continue to outpace us on pay. And so we have openings in corrections and uh, EMS and the sheriff's department, which are critical. Uh, so we're having to raise wages, and that, that puts stress on the tax system. Yeah, and it's a, it's a the taxpayer says, oh, wait, wait, my taxes went up. No, <laughs> they did, but the, the levy, the actual, what it's based on did not go up. You're talking about the inflation. As I understand it, houses, we hope, will go up in value every year, but then you got to pay more money. Well, that's the, and you hope that they go up in a steady and stable fashion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and what's happened in the last two years is it's anything but stable and steady. It's just there's spikes and peaks uh, that that, uh, and it's national. It's not just here in Kansas or Sedgwick County. Uh, it jolts a system, and all of a sudden now um, uh, kids can't afford homes anymore. It's a it's a it's a national challenge. Uh, in, in the housing industry, and so, and we're feeling it here. So it's it's these these huge spikes and swings make it very difficult to try to maintain budget. But and I speak for anybody that runs any kind of organization, whether sure. it's private, whether you're running a restaurant, or an aerospace industry, or government, uh, it's challenging for everyone right now. I'd like to focus a little bit on what we call capital improvements, which is basically what infrastructure and and, and stuff and. Uh, uh, what are what are actually considered then capital improvements? Well, capital improvements concept of capital improvement is a lifetime uh, type of expenditure. So it's generally is it is commodity. It is it is structure. It is building. Uh, it is bridges. It is road. It is um, and it's not even uh, necessarily uh, technology because technology has a life expectancy of five, six, seven, eight, nine years. So we're looking at things that have life expectancy of decades. Uh, and we have really uh, very uh, well thought out policy for the county on what defines a uh, capital improvement project. And it has to fit that criteria. But you're correct. It's generally things uh, that when the commissioners look at it and the philosophy, the government philosophy behind it is if, if future generations are going to enjoy that, whatever it is, whether it's a bridge or a road or a building, then that payment, those costs should be spread over that generation to where everybody that's enjoying it pays in a little bit, and the, and the current generation today doesn't necessarily have to pay it. Now, we will, we will cash pay some CIP. Uh, that's discretion of the commission, but many times we will bond or do long-term financing to fund the, those capital kinds of improvements. And we have, I was just looking, we have... Um, about 9.4 million in facility capital improvement for for 2023. That's what we're recommending, uh, and then certain amount of bridge work and other kinds of of uh, structures. And you're listening to Issues 2022 on the Odyssey Radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Manager Tom Stoltz. Uh, has the uh, county completed its office move? I know they they were going to take all the office people and take them out of the courthouse and make it really into a courthouse, right? Yeah, we're, it's, the time, timing is good on this discussion, Steve. We're right in the middle of it. Um, so what happened, just to give you the, the, the quick brief history, 
uh, we, we always in Sedgwick County, we really try to pay attention to how that we don't grow government, that we don't, that with things we do are core, essential, can't be served by any other, uh, you know, private entity out there. Uh, what ends up happening, though, is, and the reality of it is, is our criminal justice system is growing uh, because of the types of crimes and the behaviors of people uh, and what we're seeing in the Wichita Police Department and the Sheriff's Department, which then feeds into the district attorney's office and feeds into a correction system and a prison system. Uh, business is very brisk there. And then you, we add in the pandemic, which landlocked the courts for you know four, five, six months where we weren't getting anything moving through the system. And at the end of the day, um, through a lot of dialogue with the judges and the district attorney and the sheriff, the commission came to the realization that that courthouse space needs, they, they need more space. And the only way to get that space was to move administration, uh, which is the commission office, the manager's office, legal, um, finance, and any other uh, ancillary type of administrative function had, had to leave so that uh, the DA's office, sheriff, and courts could take that building. So that's what we're in the process of doing. That's what the commission approved um, in, in last year. Uh, the administration uh, portion, we are coming over to Ruffin. Uh, the commission is already here. Uh, manager's office, legal is already here. Finance is here. All of the row offices, which is the county clerk, uh, treasurer, and register of deeds are coming. The clerk is here. Uh, deeds and treasurer will be coming within a week or two. They will be on the first floor, actually. And the rest of us are on the sixth floor. And we're renting this space. Uh, temporarily until the commission gives direction and decides on what we're going to do for a long-term administrative space. For anybody who's ever made a move like that, the disruption is really a pain. I mean, not only uh, moving furniture and taking the computers over there and get them all hooked up and figuring yeah. out where to park, it's kind of kind of a zoo and a, and a nightmare, but it sounds like you probably got it pretty well organized. Well, as best we could. I mean, our our team that did the organization on this uh, was phenomenal. But and not only that, Steve, uh, in government we don't have the luxury of saying, you know, we're just going to close down Thursday and Friday to do this move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're operating all the time, um, and we're making these moves real time during the day. Uh, many times, stopping to do business while you're unpacking boxes. You know, it's it's like it's life. I mean, sure. even when you move your home, you have to do that. So. <clears throat> But it's it's a uh, it's challenging and, and right in the middle of a of a budget time too. But uh, we'll get through it, and I think within a month or two, you'll see a pretty seamless operation. We'll begin to run uh, commission meetings from this this office, uh, and the citizens instead of going to the courthouse for a commission meeting, will come to uh, 100 North Broadway, and we have a pretty nice setup there to run a commission meeting where everybody will be welcome. Hey, my wife was uh, invited down for jury duty the other day. Are the courts finally catching up on that backlog of cases because of the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, we're working on two two things there. There's the people part of it and the capital part of it. Uh, the, the people part of it is they've added some staff. Uh, the capital part of it is the creation of this extra courtroom space, bringing additional judges online, which Judge Ugaring, who is our uh, lead judge in Sedgwick County is working on. Uh, they they are in the process of getting that caught up, but it will. It's not going to be a one week situation. It's over time, but uh, you know that's a better question for Judge Gearing. But I w I would think his hope is that within a year or two we'll be back to uh, 
a normal flow over there or, uh, unless unless COVID does something crazy again. Uh, he should be back to a normal flow within um, the next several months. County recently named Stephen Stonehouse director of the Sedgwick County Department of Corrections. What does what does that job entail, Tom? Well, that's that's all of our community corrections uh, angle in in the in the world of criminal justice. Um, you know, as police process criminals through a system, and the, and the district attorney uh, pushes them into the court setting, and judges adjudicate people, and then there's options after that. The, the old option, you know, 40, 50 years ago, the only option was you either went to prison or you, or you got to go home. Um, over, the course of year, over the course of years, people began to understand a lot of times prisons is not the best solution for people. It doesn't do a great job necessarily of rehabilitating and putting people back into the, to society. So uh, the whole concept of community corrections evolved where you um, let people that who are still in trouble allowed to they're allowed to work they're allowed to report in uh, and you create all these hybrids kinds of systems where people can have some type of normal life yet still be you know accounting for whatever they did wrong to put themselves into trouble whether it's a theft or a, an assault or, or whatever and and that's there's an adult side of that and the juvenile side of that so what Corrections of the County does is runs and administrates those programs for both adults and juveniles. So these are for people, services for people that don't go to prison, that the judge, through his or her assessment of their case, determines this is a better course of action for this type of, of client. They go into that system, and Mr. Stonehouse directs both sides of that operation uh, for, for kids, for juveniles, and for adults. Generally speaking, if you talk about the Cedric County Jail for just a little bit, is, is the help wanted sign still out for detention officers over there? Yeah, but uh, on both sides. So interestingly, uh, Sheriff Easter runs uh, the jail, yeah. which has on a given day fifteen or 1,600 uh, clients in it. He, he is in need of detention uh, deputies. Uh, we've significantly tried to raise pay over there. Uh, he's installing uh, camera systems to, uh, to keep as good a operating jail clean and safe um, and staffed as possible. But he has challenges with staffing, so he's, he's still hiring. On the corrections side, Mr. Stonehouse also has some corrections capacity where people are staying, uh, living in that facility, uh, and he also is needing uh, corrections officers. So, and interestingly, the state of Kansas, the Kansas Department of Corrections, kind of is our, we are a subsidiary of that operation. So we do receive a lot of state dollars to run corrections here. The sheriff does not, he is purely general fund operated. So the, the citizens of Sedgwick County through their property taxes are paying the jail bill. So, and, and both of them right now, it's a struggle, Steve, to get to get folks to want to do that kind of work. Right. Um, it, it, these are challenging, some, some people going through the system are challenging to work with. They're going through the worst periods of their life, but it really is. Um, it's if you really want to do gratifying work, and if you really have a drive to help people, that's such a great way to do it. Uh, but you know, we're trying to recruit and, and get people in to come do that kind of work. Kevin Lannerman has been named director of emergency medical services. That's a department that has had some problems. Uh, is Lannerman going to be able to straighten things out over there? Well, we think so. I mean, Kevin's a, Kevin's a lifetime 
professional uh, in EMS, uh, 30 years uh, here in Sedgwick County, came up through the ranks. He's an operations guy. Uh, he, he's All the people know him. Uh, I think they respect him. Uh, you know, he's been, he was the interim for several months. We got to see how he operated. I was very impressed with him. I think he's got a good head and he's got a good team behind him. Uh, so we're hoping that he can, um, you know, help us recruit. We're, we're, we need paramedics and EMTs as well. Uh, and we're hoping, and, and he's doing some very unique kinds of, uh, strategies there. We're, we're kind of following the lead of private business where we're trying to grow our own, uh, paramedics to where, um, we bring them in as EMTs and then we pay for their paramedic training while they are continue to work for us. So he, Kevin's trying some different things. They're implementing some different strategies and, um, we think he's the right guy. You, uh, his name is familiar to me. When I first started in radio, they, uh, we had Metropolitan Ambulance was our ambulance service, and a guy named Kent Landerman ran that. Do you, are they related? Do you know? I, I don't know that. Uh, that's a question for Kevin. I'm not okay. sure what he's. <laughs> <laughs> what's, all right, let's go on. What's a uh, general question? What's exciting about being Sedgwick County Manager? You've been doing it for a few years now. What's uh, this, I just finished three. Um, oh, I thought it was so only 10 or 12. Maybe. No, no, no. <laughs> I came to the county. I went over to Metropolitan Building and Construction, and then I was um, went to public safety for a while, Went was the deputy county manager for a while. But I've been manager, just finished three years in uh, March. Um, and it's, you know, it's I, we always – would be nice to have a normal year. So uh, <laughs> the first year was just acclimating. We were resetting strategic plan, you know, a little bit different management team and a little bit different commission. Uh, so we were just kind of recalibrating uh, and resetting the strategic plan. And then, uh, you know, of course, 2020 was the pandemic and we're trying to shake that through. And now we have all these economic challenges and, uh, you know, record setting inflation, et cetera. So it's the thing that's exciting about it is it's different every week. Um, there's challenges every week, uh, and we just try to uh, do the best we can for the taxpayers of the county, um, who are all we're all under duress. Right? We're all paying higher prices at grocery store. We're all paying, uh, you know, higher things for commodities. So we're trying to just really be cognizant to be as efficient and as effective as we can try to keep the cost of government as low as possible. So that's, it's exciting. It's a challenge um, to do it. Sometimes it wear you out, uh, but it, it's, we, I feel like it's valuable work. Um, we provide valuable services and, and I mean, what, what's, what better job is there than that? Well, there's always going to be, you know, as you say, challenges, especially in a job of authority like you've got, but uh... This last couple of years has just been uh, a nightmare for so many people. I know it has for you as well. Well, I mean, people have changed. Um, you know, it's when you run an organization, whether it's 100 people or 2,800 people like we have in the county, um, everybody's – there's a lot of stress in the world right now, that, and that, that there's no – county employees are human, mm-hmm. uh, so they feel that. So there's – we have personnel challenges and um, – you know, just the same challenges every other employer has out there. So it's 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 exciting. It keeps you very busy, and sometimes you have to make very hard decisions. Uh, but you know that you, you do the best you can, as ethically and uh, with integrity uh, and, and as morally as you can, and and you just you just try to do the right thing. Tom, thanks for being with us. Our guest, Sedgwick County Manager Tom Stoltz.
That's all for this edition of Issues 2022, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, Tom, and thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.